Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here. So in the world of quilting, everything that's old is always new again. To me, it seems like no matter how much technology moves forward and no matter how many fancy tools hit the market, there is always this steady pulse in the industry of returning to basics, returning to simpler times, returning to that handmade look in our projects. And hand quilting is one of those things that people who have been quilting a long time will remember and that newer quilters are seeing in their Instagram feeds as this fresh and trendy way to add personality and embellish your quilts. And I'm just loving it. Now, obviously, I cannot teach everyone to hand quilt over a podcast, (laughs) Uh, but I wanted to give some basics on the tools you may need and how to start the process so that you can take the next steps on your own if you're interested. So first, let's talk supplies. There are three basic tools you need to get going, and they are a needle a thread, and thimble. So easy, you probably have all of these things in your sewing room already. So for needles, a between or a quilting needle is common. Uh, Those needles are short, they have smaller eyes, um, so you can get really small and accurate stitches easily with these needles. And then common sizes are eight, nine, and 10. Uh, But if you're just starting, a size 8 is the easier one to use, so that one's good for beginners. If you plan to hand quilt with a larger thread type, such as pearl cotton, you may want to opt for an embroidery type needle. But generally, because hand quilting takes a while, you may want to choose a needle that feels the most comfortable to you, and one that doesn't leave you with sore hands and wrists. So... Experiment with some different types and sizes and see where you land. As for thread, stores sell quilting thread, which is coated, so it slides through the fabric really easily. Um, If you've been a longtime podcast listener, you know that quilting thread is my favorite thread to use for binding my quilts. Um, But I will acknowledge that as big stitch quilting has become more popular, Um, Many quilt stores have stopped carrying quilting thread, um, and there's not always the biggest variety of colors available, but that thread is the strongest choice for hand quilting. A similar thread to look for is called mercerized cotton thread, which is also very strong and it has kind of a silky finished look, Um, but you can also use this type of thread in your sewing machine too, which hand quilting thread you can't use in your sewing machine. 
And if you're looking for um, a thicker look to your stitches, something that will really stand out, um, maybe add that extra pop of color to your quilt, try size eight pearl cotton. Pearl cotton comes in beautiful colors, um, and that type of quilting is really popular right now, that thicker type of quilting. You'll also see other types of threads in the store labeled for hand quilting. Um, some are called, you know, big stitch quilting thread or 12 weight cotton thread. So it's really a personal preference to the look you want to get in your quilt. Um, you just want to make sure that you're matching the size of your needle to the size of the thread you're using um, so that you don't have trouble threading the needle or pulling it through the quilt. And lastly, the thimble. So a thimble will help relieve the pressure required to push a needle through several layers of fabric and batting. Um, believe me, I've tried to not use a thimble and it hurts. So, you know, common ones are metal, plastic, leather thimbles, um, which all offer a lot of support for your finger. Um, but some people can get away with just um, a thimble pad, a little sticky thimble pad on their finger. Um, but these people are generally a little more experienced with hand quilting and know exactly how and where the needle will be hitting their finger so they can place that thimble pad exactly where they need it. As with the rest of the basic materials you need for hand quilting, try out different thimbles until you find one that works for you. Um, the point is to be comfortable in the process. So now let's talk about marking your quilting designs. So here are a few favorite common methods I've seen people use. So the first is to use a Hera marker and just your basic acrylic quilting rulers. Hera markers have no ink, so they just leave indents in your fabric so that you can see lines but not have to worry about erasing those drawn lines later in the process. Uh, these work best for drawing straight lines, so you can use um, just your acrylic rulers and hair markers to mark just those straight lines across your quilt. Um, it it kind of works similar to how you might use a rotary cutter, except instead of cutting fabric, uh, the pressure you put on the hair marker as you slide it along the ruler's edge leaves little indents in your fabric. You can also use a water-soluble pen to mark quilting designs. Um, and if you're tempted to use an air-soluble pen, think again, because those lines will disappear if you're not like a speed hand quilter. <laughs> so you can use a combination of rulers, templates, or quilting stencils to mark lines across your quilt using this method. And there are such a variety of quilting stencils available and they're not very expensive, just a few dollars each. So it's actually a pretty good investment if you want help marking more complicated designs such as uh, maybe like a Baptist fan, feathers, flowers, and um, some quilts, depending on the, the style of quilt you made, could be easy to freehand your quilting designs on, such as if the quilt has a lot of straight lines in the piecing you can follow, or if you're just planning to do some basic echo quilting quilting around blocks, but actually any of these methods I mentioned you can do if you're machine piecing your quilt as well. They're all great marking methods, um, but if you're hand quilting, it's really easy to follow that marked line on your fabric. Um, so those are all great options to consider. And lastly, I want to talk about whether you need a quilting hoop or not. Um, a quilting hoop is 
essentially like a very large embroidery hoop that you use to hold your quilt layers together and keep them smooth and tight for hand quilting. So the hoops are portable. You can retighten and reposition them as needed, just like an embroidery hoop. Um, but an embroidery hoop is too flimsy and it's not thick enough to hold all the layers of the quilt. So you, you want to buy one that is made for quilting. And this all comes down to preference too. So I see many people now that don't use a hoop at all. They lay their quilt on a tabletop or on the floor and that helps hold the weight of the quilt up and hold the layers flat and smooth. And they don't bother with a hoop at all. Um, if you decide to do it this way with no hoop, you just may want to lay a cutting mat under the quilt where you're hand quilting as just a protective surface so you don't nick your table or your floor with the needle. So really, hand quilting is all about choosing the tools and the methods that feel most natural to you because really it's a time investment. So if you're going to spend that much time doing something, you want to be comfortable, use the tools that feel good, um, mark how you want to uh, accentuate the designs you want, and you know, hoop or not, it's all up to you. And also just remember, just because you want to try hand quilting doesn't mean you need to com commit to doing it on an entire quilt. Uh, you can machine quilt your project and then add hand quilted accents. Um, maybe you want to just stitch your quilt with some basic machine stitches like in the ditch and then add more decorative hand quilting designs. That's, that's a great way to actually get into hand quilting because you're starting small. So we have some great tutorials online for how to actually hand quilt a project, step-by-step -step photos and everything. So we'll link to that in the show notes um, so you can learn more. But shoot me an email if you try it or you have hand quilted in the past. I would just love to see pictures of everyone's beautiful work. So we're going to take an ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing our favorite tools, including one that makes labeling quilts super easy. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome back. Now it's time for Sewing Toolbox, a segment where we explore the basic tools you use daily in your sewing room. And the tool I want to talk about today is a micron pen. I use a micron pen to write on fabric for my quilt labels, and it makes labeling my quilt so easy. For those who don't know, a micron pen is a permanent ink pen that's fade resistant, it's stable, so it won't bleed or run when it's washed, and it's considered an archival ink, so it is safe for fabric. So these pens have long been used by artists and scrapbookers, so if you ever took an art class or did scrapbooking, you've probably heard of them. And they're sold at just, you know, your general craft stores like Michael's in the art section. 
and they come in a variety of colors and thicknesses. So I personally just like to use the black color in size 0.45 millimeters. And that has a nice thin line so that I can write small and legible. And then after I write on my fabric label, I just take it over to my pressing station and I set the ink by running my iron on low heat and no steam over at that. And it just dries the ink really quickly so that I can continue sewing the label onto my quilt. So I've been labeling my quilts this way for years and they've been through many washes and a lot of wear and the labels are still perfectly readable and I've never had any instances of the ink running or even smudging. So I know that sometimes adding a label to a quilt feels like that tedious extra step right at the end of your project when you just want to be finished, but this pen for me has made it so easy to just quickly make a label without too much fuss, so I highly recommend it. So I will link to the Micron pens in our show notes so that you can check them out more. So now it's time for What We're Loving, a segment where we share the sewing products we are obsessed with. So besides the Micron pen, um, the first product I want to talk about is a coffee mug from Penguin and Fish. So the coffee mug is 11 ounces, it's microwave and dishwasher safe, and it has a cute picture of a scissors on it with the words fabric only. So if you've ever had a family member borrow your sewing scissors to cut something other than fabric, you know exactly what this mug means. Uh, the mug also comes in six different colors, and I just think it's a fun way to bring a sewing theme item into your daily life. So next is a fun product for all of those who want to practice their embroidery skills. Needless Designs is selling a PDF pattern that contains stitch instructions for 14 different embroidery stitches, as well as step-by-step -step photos and an intro to embroidery basics. So it allows you to practice all these common stitches and then it shows you how to turn them into a cute framed sampler to hang in your sewing room for reference. And if you're a fan of handwork like embroidery or cross stitch or English paper piecing or any other type of handwork, you will get a lot of use out of a needle minder. So a needle minder is a small enamel and magnetic object that you can like attach to your project or to your, your, your shirt sleeve or kind of anything else close by so that you can lay your needle and pins down without losing them while you're hand sewing. And Flamingo Toes designs these super cute ones that make up an entire town. So there's a quilt shop, a wool shop, an antique store, a flower market, and more so that you can collect a bunch as a cute display when they're not in use. Uh, I absolutely need one of these for when I do binding because I am always sticking my needle in the couch or my pants and then I'm poking myself, so I think this is a must-have for me. Next is a book called Tantalizing Table Toppers by Pat Sloan. So this book features patterns for 12 table toppers and includes those made with both piecing and applique techniques. And there are runners, placemats, square toppers, designs for any occasion, including holidays. And if that wasn't enough, uh, 
The author also includes her favorite dessert recipes, so you can work your way through making both the table runners and the desserts, which sounds like a win-win to me. If you're a stickler for keeping notes on your projects, you will love the Ruby and Violet Designs project cards. So the set of 10 cards has space to write basic details about your projects, including the pattern name and the designer, uh, the fabrics and thread you were using, the start and deadline, and more. And so you can store them with your works in progress to keep you on track, or you can file them away for future reference once a project is done. And lastly, we love the ready-to-paint barn quilt boards from Tweedledee Design Co. So the company sands and frames wooden boards and then prints a block design outline on them so that all you have to do is paint the design with your chosen colors. And the barn quilt boards come in multiple sizes and so many quilt block designs so that you can choose your favorite to fit your space. As always, we will link to these products in our show notes so that you can check them out if you want to know more. We're going to take a quick ad break now, but when we come back, we're sharing tips for finishing your UFOs. Welcome back. Now it's time for UFO Challenge, where we share tips for finishing your unfinished objects. And today I want to talk about perfectionism and how that may be keeping us from finishing older projects. I think people feel perfectionism on different levels. Um, I know some quilters who just seem to agonize over every step of the process. Um, you know, they need to pick the perfect color palette, iron their fabrics until there's no sign of a crease, um, they will sew, and if their points aren't perfect and things aren't aligned in their blocks just so, they'll seam rip until it's perfect. Um, I know another quilter who's so afraid that her machine quilting won't be perfect on the first try um, that she has a mountain of unfinished quilt tops just waiting to be quilted. Uh, I know other quilters who feel perfectionism over maybe the circumstances they're sewing in. For instance, they can only sew when their to-do list is completely done for the day and the kids are at school or asleep and because of this, they rarely make time to sew. So I think we all experience this perfectionism creeping into our lives in different ways. Um, but for me personally, I especially see it in myself when I'm working on those older projects uh, because in many cases, my skills have improved since I last worked on it. So current Lindsay wants to go back and fix all past Lindsay's mistakes. So there may be uh, pieces that weren't cut the most accurately or points of units that got cut off when I pieced a block together or, you know, even fabrics I chose that I'm just not totally in love with anymore. But it is such a slippery slope because once you start fixing one thing, it just multiplies the work. And all of a sudden, I find myself recutting the pieces, seam ripping and re-sewing blocks, and instead of making forward progress on my UFO, I am adding a whole brand new project to my to-do list. 
And here's the thing, I rarely notice mistakes in my quilts once they're finished. Uh, no quilt is ever made uh, that has ever been made as perfect, and nor will I ever make a quilt that is perfect. It's just not possible. So it's really about finding your comfort level of what you can let go of in order to push forward on your projects. So I'm not saying if you really dislike the quality of the older project um, that you can't spend the time to fix it or redo parts of it. You should love the finished product and be proud of the time and effort you put into it. I'm just asking everyone to spend a few minutes thinking if it's the perfectionism talking and telling you you're not good enough and your work isn't good enough. And I think that fear that speaks through perfectionism uh, can often keep us from finishing projects because once a project is done, it's done. You can't work on it anymore. And there needs to be a, an acceptance of it and um, honestly kind of like a willingness to embrace a project despite any imperfections. It's so funny to me um, because when I look at antique quilts, the things I truly love about them are the mistakes um, or those like make-a-do elements. It makes the quilt special and unique and that's what I really love about those those quilts. And when I look at my own quilts, I don't see them in that same way. Uh, any mistake in the quilt somehow becomes a reflection of who I am as a quilter and it's just not true. So when you're working on those older UFOs, Try to recognize how perfectionism is keeping you from finishing those projects and then find a way to forge forward on the project instead of going backward. Speaking of working on projects, I'm now handing the mic over to Doris, the editor of Quilt Sampler magazine, for what's on your workspace. So take it away, Doris. Hi, I'm editor Doris Brunett. On my workspace right now is a pile of fabric I pulled recently to start a new baby quilt for a grandson expected to arrive in a little over two months. I'm planning to make a baby quilt to coordinate with his nursery. I haven't exactly decided on a pattern or a design, but I'm playing around with the fabrics and some ideas for a design of my own. Gender neutral nurseries are incredibly popular right now, especially incorporating colors of nature and his will be no exception. The walls are being painted a soft taupe color with one accent wall of deep forest green. So I've pulled fabrics from my scrap bins with shades of deep greens, sky blues, golds, and soft grayish browns. I've made a few sketches in a graph paper notebook of block ideas, and I think I've decided on my favorite, though the layout will likely evolve a bit once I start putting everything together and putting it up on my design wall. I've been looking forward to getting started on this quilt and I'm setting this next Sunday aside to start cutting and sewing. I cannot wait. Thanks so much, Doris. And that's it for today's show. Now, before we leave, I wanted to read a review of the podcast. So I put out a call last week for positive reviews to help our podcast grow and you all came through and I'm so, so thankful. Uh, so this review today is from Engineer and Quilter. So they say, I really enjoy listening to these podcasts while I'm sewing. 
Typically, I try to watch videos, but then that distracts me from my sewing and sometimes causes mistakes. But just listening to the podcasts allows me to keep my eyes down on what I'm stitching. Thank you for these informative podcasts. I hear ya, engineer and quilter. I have made many mistakes while trying to watch TV while sewing, so I'm glad our podcast can help fill that hole. So if this review is yours, please send me an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. We'll list that email in the show notes uh, so that we can send you a thank you gift. And to all our other listeners, keep the reviews coming. It makes my day and it helps grow this amazing podcast community. Everyone have the best week and I'll talk to you all later.